when halacha and societal norms clash. We're dealing with an idea of chatot hametot, uh, which is that there are five category, categories of a korban chatat that's gone wrong uh, in various different ways, resulting in the fact that there's nothing you can do with this animal that was set aside as a sin offering. Uh, it can't be brought as an offering, and it can't be uh, just returned into the flock, and it can't be benefited from, it can't be eaten, and it can't be shechted. There's kind of nothing that you can do with this animal. Uh, and in such a case... Uh, we have, and this is a, a side mention in the in the Sugina, but it is so jarring that we have to deal with it. Uh, in in such a case, the, the the din is that you lock the animal away and deprive it of food and water, and it dies of hunger. And uh, of course, that that becomes quite jarring to our to our moral sensibilities to how we can do that. In our Gemara, there's a, a posuk that comes up, In Sefer Dvorim, and the Gemara says, Maybe the posuk is suggesting that you were to bring this animal to the Beis Hamikdash and deny it food and water so that it dies. Uh, says Rashi that means you put them in the kippah. Kippah is like a, a, a kind of a dome, a, a, a hat, and you lock it up in the hat and it, and it dies. And in case, if you think that maybe it doesn't mean it, uh, literally it's quite clear from Rashi in Kiddushin, uh, where Rashi says, it's, not, it's literal. The animal dies, you don't give the animal... Um, any, any, anything to eat at all. You'd better to get hold of a, a source sheet because this is one of those shearing without a source sheet that's going to be very difficult. Um, thanks, that's better. Uh, so, so Rashi's very clear that, it, that, it's, uh, that, that the animal dies. Rashi, in Kiddushin we've got, you don't give the animal mazonot. The Rambam, uh, in in Yad Hazoke, you could say it's not clear how it is. The Rambam says, How do you kill them? You don't kill the animal in any kind of form, with a, with a vessel or with your hand. You lock them in a hat and you lock the door until the animal dies. And don't ask any questions about this. This is halacha That's just how it is. And the Rambam is very clear in Perish Hamishnayis in Masech Tzmura, where there's a similar. This is really the basis of this whole piece. Zushi dinashi tamut machnisin otal abayit v'noalim befanea ad shetamut berav. You lock the animal in a house, a little hut, until it dies of starvation. Um, and so, so clearly, this really, what about, what about cruelty? It's, uh, this, is, this jars so much our moral sensibility, as certainly as we have it today. And even though there is a Yerushalmi in Masech the Shabbos, in Perik Aleph, Aloch, Adalit, where the Gemara says there, Ratzu Beitin Levatel Mevatlin, the Beitin has the authority to undo this in the event that they see it necessary to do so, and the Pnei Moshe explains, Lo on the next page of the sources, that you don't, the, the Chachomi might decide, you don't lock it in a house until it dies, but you leave it until it gets a mum, and then you sell it, 
that once it has a, a flaw that it can't be used in for kodshim, then you sell it and the money from the sale is used for a korban nedava, for a voluntary korban. So there is a Yerushalmi that allows the Chachomim to find a way around this so as not to do this to the animal. But for even, firstly, the Bavli doesn't say that. And secondly, even according to the Yerushalmi, the main Doraita law, the law of the Torah, is that you lock it up to die. Practically, the Chachomim can find a way around this, but we've still got to deal with the Torah's value. The Torah is, at the end of the day, that's what the Torah says is the right thing to do. How can that even be the right thing to do? And the, the principle that we need to understand here is the principle that what differentiates people is not necessarily their values. A long time ago, I did research, uh, research on people's values across cultures, including criminals in jail. And I found that everybody's got the same values. There's not that much difference between values. Criminal in jail and the Pope have got the same values. And I tested the values by how would you like to raise your children? The criminal in jail very seldom says, I want to raise my child as a criminal. I would like my child to be honest and fair and have integrity and goodness and righteousness and generosity, all the good things. Everybody would like their children to be good. That means those are their values. That's what they believe in. So, so what is the difference between people? The difference between people, there are two differences. The one is how much discomfort are you willing to endure in order to, to live your values? There, there'll be differences. I want to be honest, but I'm not going to penalize myself in order to be honest. And the other big difference is, Ilan, you need to grab a, a source sheet because otherwise it'll be difficult. Um, the, the, the other difference is not in the values. Yes, we've all got the same values. The difference is in how we prioritize the values, what I call our system of values, our philosophy of values. Just very simply, you and I might both believe in kindness, Important, a value, chesed. And we might both believe in honesty, emes, as we probably do. But you and I might differ when emes and kindness come into conflict. You might say, look, I can't be kind to somebody I can't have an honest relationship with. There has to be honesty before I can even be kind. So if you had to give somebody feedback, you would be brutally honest. Even if it's unkind, you would tell them the truth. Um, and another person might say, I can't be honest and truthful unless I'm emotionally safe, unless there's a kind relationship. So he would, 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 if he has to give feedback, he would sugarcoat the feedback. He would be kind to the person. He wouldn't be so direct. Hi, they've both got the same values, but their system of values is, is different. If you want to understand this principle more, you can read Lead by Greatness, where the whole idea is explained of the difference between <laughs> values and a system of values, a philosophy of values. And the clash between our values and the Torah's values, because we're living in a time where the norms of society are moving every day further and further away from Das Torah and from Aloha. We, we're living in a world where, where you're cancelled if you believe in the values of the Torah. So how do you operate like that? What's going on and how do you function? And, and at the end of the day, if you ask a, a secular liberal person what their values are, they'll give you good values. Kindness, honesty, fairness, integrity, inclusion, all sorts of good things. So where's the difference? The difference is in the system of values, is how you think about values. And, and our hierarchy of values differs. We haven't aligned our hierarchy of values to that of the Torah. So let's understand that. In the Torah, the highest order of values is human character and, and refinement of human character. That's the highest order. There's nothing higher than the, the reason we were put in this world. We were put in this world in order to refine our character. So everything that we do has to have that purpose in mind. 
So, for example, the Ramban says in the Din of Shiluach HaKenan and Otovet uh, Beno, the, the famous Ramban in Pashas Kitetze, where he says this mitzvah, the time bishneim levilti heyot lanu levach zariv lo nerachem. The fact that you've got to chase the mother bird away before you take the eggs, and you can't kill a mother and a child on the same day. The reason is that we don't become cruel in our hearts. It's not to save the animal suffering. That's a different issue. But the real reason, says the, Ram, the Ramban, unlike the Rambam, is that we that we develop refinement of of character. And v'chimach uh, he brings the the, the, the medrash. Uh, in Bereshi Sarabha, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu care whether you shecht at the back of the neck or the front of the neck? And that means that there is, there's a reason for every mitzvah. And the toilet is ba'adam atzmo. The reason for the mitzvah, the way we shecht an animal, the, the sharpness of the knife, the speed of the shechting, all of this is not to save the animal pain. This is in order to entrench in the human being refinement of character. It's about the effect on the subject, not the effect on the object. That's the most, one of the most important principles in this Ramban and throughout Torah. That the purpose in the mitzvot, whether it's ben odem lechaveri, when you give tzedakah, it's not because the poor man needs the tzedakah. You know the medrash where the woman asks that the tzaddik, if the Rishim doesn't want poor people, doesn't want us to give tzedakah, why did he make poor people? He made poor people to enable us to give stalker because of the effect that stalker has on the subject, not the object. Yes, in your mind, you've got to empathize with the object, but the ultimate purpose of the halacha, and when a shochet kills, he must also be thinking about the animal, but the purpose of the din is the effect it has on the subject, not the effect that it has on, on the object. And, and, and so when there's a clash between that, the effect on the subject becomes the most important element in the philosophy of values, in the, in the hierarchy of values. So even Tsar Bale Chaim is not more important than the development of human refinement. Everything in the world is here for human refinement. And so what happens if there is a clash between Tsar Bale Chaim calling, causing an animal pain and human refinement? In Torah, the human refinement comes first. It's really that there's a conflict on the contrary. We see normally you become refined by taking care of animals. But if there is a conflict between animal and person, person comes first. And even a secular liberal would understand if the only way to save a life or to save the lives of, of thousands of people is to be cruel to one animal, they would understand you have to be cruel to the animal because that's the hierarchy of values, saving a life. But for us, refining a life is as important as saving a life. What's the point of saving a life which isn't refining? What's the point of saving a life which is becoming more and more grob? The whole idea of the Torah, there's nothing more important than refining the human being. And that's why when human beings behave in ways that are unrefined, it's so terribly troubling. Because what's the purpose of the world if that's the case? And so let's now look at, at, at this halacha of, of Machnisim Lekipa. The Mordechai says the reason is, a Mordechai that in Avodah where the, the Mordechai brings that the reason is Mishum Takala, this animal that you can't do anything with. You can't bring it as a korban, you can't kill it, you can't benefit from it. What we're worried about is it goes free and then somebody doesn't know the story of this animal and eats it or uses it or brings it as a korban. So there could be a Takala, one could come to do something wrong as a result of this animal being freed. So now we look at philosophy of values. What's more important, chas v'sholem, that a Jew commits an avera or that an animal suffers? They're both terrible. But if you have to do one, 
either you leave this animal alone roaming around and somebody might do a bad Avera with this animal, might do something terribly wrong. And what is the result of doing an Avera? As, as the Ramban says, that that's a flaw in the human being. That will damage our refinement. When you do an Avera, that, that, that damages who you are as a person. So now this, we, we're worried about hurting the animal. So what do we do? We let the animal go free. That, and, and now somebody could do a takala, because in our system of values, doing an Avera is worse than causing an animal pain and suffering. And as, as much as we're not allowed to cause animals pain and suffering, if we have to pay, put the one against the other, then uh, avoiding even the possibility of an Avera is more important than preserving the comfort of, of the animal. And the Noe de Biuda, unlike the Mordechai, argues the Noe de Biuda, the great Rov of Prague in the 18th century, one of the most important poske halocha that we have. It's not, it's not just the, as a poskei halocha, but the way he understands Gemara and is, is just classical and is a foundation of our learning and of halocha, the Noe de Biuda. Um, and he says, even if Tzar Belechaim is Doraisa, even if not causing an animal pain is a mitzvah Doraisa, there's a machlokis as to whether it is or not, still, lo Gemara. The Gemara says that in order to prevent the takala, you, you can lock this animal away and, uh, and, and, and to, until it dies. And he argues, in that case, says the Noe Buddha, an amazing, amazing thought. Again, foreign to our system of values, but we have to align our values to the Torah. Says the Noe Buddha, what would be worse, killing the animal or letting it die of starvation? For the animal, it would be better to kill it. But what about for the human being? He says, when you lock it in the, in the cage, you lock this animal up in a cage, that's the last time you see the animal. So the effect on you is, oh, you lock the animal up in a cage and you know nothing further. Killing the animal, and you're not killing it for food or anything, you're just murdering the animal. That does more harm to your neshama than locking the animal up. So now you've got a classic case. Better for the animal that I slaughter it, kill it. Better for the human being that I lock it up in a cage. Who comes first? It's morally better for the human being not to be, act, not to be <coughs> involved in the unnecessary killing of an animal. If you lock it up and the nature takes its way and it, and it dies, at least you're not engaged di directly. It's a gramab alma, says the, the Nodibida. It's an indirect action. It's not a direct action. And the impact of an indirect action on the human being is much less than a direct action. And so it's better to lock the animal up until it dies than to actually kill the animal. Again, this goes against our Western kind of sense of sensibilities and moral and ethics, but that's because of our system. Again, we all believe it's not good to be cruel to animals. We all believe one must avoid cruelty to animals, and even if it's a Doraisa, as the Noe Debidus, it's a Doraisa, not to be cruel to animals. But we're talking about, not about values, which we all agree with. Our values and the values of the secular liberals are the same. The difference is how we prioritize them. What happens when they come into conflict with one another? For us, the ennoblement of the human being is the highest value. And, and there are times when, unfortunately, the only way to prevent the human being from the chashash takala of possibly doing an avera is to be cruel to, a, to, an, to, is to, be cruel to the animal in this case. But then we minimize, not the cruelty, but we minimize the effect on the human being. Minimizing the cruelty, you would kill the animal. But, if, but affecting the, minimizing the effect on the human being, lock the animal up and go away and, and, and the animal, leave the animal to die. There was an, an important article by Rabbi Avram Stav in the 
Makori Shon a few weeks ago, where he talked about something that Rav Lichtenstein said many, many years ago. He said he was worried that the progressive stance against family values would cause religious people, both in our religion and in other religions, to go to the other extreme of putting family values before before Avedas Hashem. And he said, he used the, the phrase, Rav Lichtenstein would say, Ein od milvador, there's nothing except Hashem, afilo amishpacha. Even the family doesn't come before Hashem. And we see that in, in halachas. If there's a, 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 a the, the Torah says, if, a, if your brother or sister or child or parent uh, entices you to serve Avedas Zorah, what do you have to do? You have to hand the family member over for capital punishment. You don't say family first. We see in the case of the eagle, what does Hashem say? Take your swords and, and anybody who served Avodah Zorah, kill them, if even if it's your brother or your sister. Do we, we don't put family values before everything. Do we believe in family values? Absolutely. Do we believe in Avodah Hashem? Absolutely. What do you do when there's a conflict between family values? When Rabbi Akiva wants to go and learn for 24 years? And what do you do with a wife? You've got a wife to take care of. In Rabbi Akiva's mind, the opportunity to become Rabbi, and in Rachel's mind as well, of course, the, the possibility of becoming a Rabbi Akiva trumps the family value. But in our society, oh, family's first. No, family isn't first. The Rebbeinu Shalom is first. Usually, the Rebbeinu Shalom is first means family is terribly important. But there comes times where it isn't. You've got to get up in the morning to come to a matmonium shir, but you know that the kids need to be dropped at school. Things have to happen. Things have to take place. I'm a responsible parent. Avedas Hashem comes first. You will ultimately be a better father and a better husband if you develop yourself and you learn to imagine learning a piece of Gomorrah like this, understanding this worldview, what that does to the way one looks at the world, to the way one reads a newspaper, to the way one watches the news, to the way one engages in a conversation, checking our priority of values and trying as far as we can in this hostile world of values to be able to align ourselves to the way the Torah thinks about values rather than the way that secular society thinks about it. <laughs>